Noel Reese. <laughs> My man. <laughs> How does it feel, brother? Still feels surreal. Just uh, can't really describe it. <laughs> Don't really feel any different. At the moment, you know, when as you're lining up, mm. did you knew it was a 52-yard field goal? Yeah, yeah, I knew it was over 50. Yeah, when I was lining up, I didn't really think anything different coming to it. I didn't really think I needed a kind of muscle it or anything. I knew I was going to get the distance. Uh, and pre-practice, I was hitting out to 55. So I was pretty comfortable with, uh, you know, same stroke. Just, just a matter of keeping it straight. You know, I pulled all the ones left. So just uh, I was trying to aim it more like right, right third, just in case I started trailing left. I'd, I'd, I'd have enough uh, uh, of uh, space to, to, to get it in there. I got to ask you, did you know it was uh, a school record when you were going to kick it? Uh, no, when I was about to kick it, um, nah, in my mind, I wasn't really thinking about it. Um, I, I was just kind of just, you know, focus on bouncing back. You know, the, I hate, you know, I hate, I hate missing. Um, you know, feel like I let let the team down, and you know, those are very, very important kicks. And so, one thing was going through my mind the last one, which is just coming in clutch. I wasn't nervous a single bit. I was uh, more confident than anything. Um, and I just kind of just knew off my foot it was money. And uh, I was just glad to, 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 to come out with the win. That was the most important thing. It would have been uh, horrible to, to, you know, have a chance to, to help our team out and then lose the game. Um, so I'm, I was, I'm just glad we won that game. I'm telling you, man, people don't understand the pressure kickers go through. They yeah. Everybody, everybody looks at it and they think it's it's the easiest job. Uh -huh. no, it, it's not. And, uh, and now, um, one thing we, we definitely saw was you, was your improvement on the kickoffs. Mm -hmm. you know, I can see your, your legs a lot stronger. Me and you, we've talked. You know what what I feel you need to work on. You know what you need to work on. Mm -hmm. But what did you do different this off season? You know that set it apart from the, the beginning of the last season. Um, just uh, work ethic. You know when you put a lot of time and effort into finding out the the details. That make that come a long way, you know. Working on the little things like contact is probably the most important thing as a kicker. You have clean contact on the ball; the ball's in a zero. You don't you don't have to try to crush it. You just know if you hit that sweet spot, it, it's it's going to go 60, 65, 70 yards. So that was the biggest thing, you know. Um, being more smooth, but like I said, just those details that a lot of kickers don't really work on come a long way. And so like uh, I'd have days where I wouldn't really like do out field goals. I would just do no steps and, and, and you know, ball contact drills to to make sure I got that pop, you know. I would do stuff without a ball a lot of the days where I was just trying to, you know, get my body aligned right and, you know, it got to the point where I don't have to think about what I'm kicking. I've, I've put in the work so that my muscle memory is just so, you know, on point where I just line up and my body just kind of does the rest. I don't have to overthink, overanalyze, which I've, I feel like I've done in the past, you know. That's probably a, a kicker's worst uh, thing, getting on their own head. You, you overthink, overanalyze everything going on around you instead of just trusting your instincts and trusting what, what you do, you know. You do that all day, every day. And so, um, like I said, a lot, of it, a lot of it's mental. A lot of it's definitely mental. Uh, kicking is 90% mental, in my opinion. You know, most kickers at this level can't can can hit 50, 50, 55 yarders. You know, they wouldn't be a Division One kicker if they couldn't hit those type of balls. You know, a lot of us, pretty much everyone at this level, can perform. It's just a met what separates the top from you know the rest. The average guys is just like how good can you concentrate uh, in the games and you know. How how good can you do the little things right that you know to make all the difference when the game starts? So like on kickoff, you like said all off season, I just worked on smoother steps, you know, getting downfield, clean contact, and you know, just kind of just from that that point on, you know, um, even it was crazy. I didn't even think I, I I got a hold of any of those kickoffs. I didn't feel like I hit any of those clean, like you know, I hit them decent, but um, I didn't feel like I caught any of them like really really clean. And um, you, you talk about the difference between, uh, you know, a Division One kicker, kicker mm -hmm. and so on. Let, let's let's go back. Mm -hmm. What brought you to A and T? What made you a Division One kicker? <clears throat> My results. I felt like in high school, you know, I didn't really. High school, I wasn't really form trained. You know, I never really like learned all that until much later on. There was just kind of a lot of 
me, you know, doing what I what I could from what I saw, and you know, just and then I just kind of kept working on it, and you know, even though my form wasn't wasn't that good, you know, it is. I put so much work into perfecting the form I had to to make it successful. So like I had a I knew I had a strong leg, and you know, like kickoffs really good in high school, and I feel like. Uh, that's what got me a lot of you know uh, D1 offers is you know my my kickoff strength and you know a lot of a lot of coaches could see that um, and then field goals it was just a matter of just fine tuning those mechanics and you know getting rid of that you know I played soccer my whole life getting rid of that soccer swing that soccer <laughs> it's terrible man yeah it's, it's, terrible, it's you know if you play soccer your whole yeah. life you have that those muscle memories and it's so yeah. so freaking hard to to break those those bad habits, you know, just kicking, you want just a straight on swing downfield. And it's just, it's, it's something so unnatural than what you've been doing your whole life. So, you know, but it's just a matter of like, if you literally take the time every day to work on, you know, just changing that swing to what you want it to, to be. And, you know, coming in as a freshman, I think that was one of the things I didn't really do well. You know, I didn't really prepare well coming into my freshman season. Um, and last year, you know, I put more work in, but I didn't really, I don't think I understood like what working hard really meant. You know, I would go out and I'd kick and put the time in, but um, I didn't focus on, you know, the details. For instance, like Coach Wash always tells us practice doesn't make perfect, perfect practice makes perfect you know you can go out there and hit 100 balls but if you're not really you know working with a purpose if you're not work let's say if you like if I'm just hitting field goals and field goals all day I'm not really getting better what's going to make me better is if one day I go out there like all right I'm going to work on my contact I don't care where the ball goes whether I miss it or not as long uh, at the end of the day my sole focus is to hit a clean ball all right you work on that for a couple days and the next week all right, my contact's down. Today I'm going to work on finishing downfield. I don't care if contact sucks or whatever happens. As my body finishes downfield, you know, that's what I came here to do. I came here to get this one detail that's going to make all the difference in the long run. And a lot of kickers don't do that. They're result-oriented instead of the process-oriented. Me and Dom always talk about that. Um, you know, the process, is it's not fun, you know, but... There, there, you got to trust that the results are going to come. You know, you get what you put in, and a lot of kickers, they're just, they just want to hit a big ball. You know, they, they don't want to take the time to, to go through changing mechanics and, and changing these details because, they just see the ball not, you know, going in, or they just see the ball not being this monster ball that they're chasing. They, they you know, they're not patient enough. They're not trusting the process. The process makes everything. And that's my advice to a lot of high school kickers coming in to, you know, work on those details. Those details, those, those are going to make you consistent. And um, another thing I've learned, you know, especially this offseason from training with a lot of big-time D1 kickers at schools like Purdue, Notre Dame, Carolina State. You know, I've kicked with a lot of guys this offseason through uh, my kicking coach. And a lot of these guys hit the same exact ball I do. There's nothing really different that – I could play at that same level. That's what I've learned. Like yeah. you know, these these guys are like, oh my gosh, that's the NC State kicker. The guy kicks the same ball as you. They don't chase a monster ball. They're chasing consistency. Mm-hmm. When you, when you get to college, you find that out quick. A, a coach could care less. Like you, you're in high school, obviously these high school people post about 60, 65, 70 yards on Twitter. You know what's going to matter is can you hit 40 yards and in like automatic. You know. As I see, I see big time guys all the time get beat out by walk-ons because they they're not consistent. That's just the biggest thing, like, like chase consistency. Don't chase a monster ball. The monster ball is not going to get you anywhere. Anybody can hit a monster ball, but only a certain few can go 19 out of 20 from 40 yards in every day, you know. Like you need to be reliable. You need to be a- able to, to every day have the trust and confidence from everybody around you that, that you're going to be consistent. You're going to be clutch. You know, nobody wants to, uh, you know, to to be known for having a big leg. Like, yeah, I made a 52-yard field goal, but I would have liked to make the other two kicks. You know, I'd rather be consistent than just, you know, be known for coming in clutch at the end. To me, being clutch is always being reliable, not yeah. not just coming through at the very end. You know, because where were you the rest of the game? You know, you probably wouldn't be in the situation had you just been taking care of results from the get-go. So that's kind of my mindset now. 
And, you know, a lot, of the, a lot has been trial and error. You know, I've learned a lot from cutting as a freshman, and I've had really, really lows from, you know, my first college game to, you know, my first celebration by missing two field goals to last year having a chance to uh, hit a f- winning field goal against Morgan State to missing it, and then they come down and beat us on a winning field goal. You know, I've, I feel like I've gone through the lowest of the lows as a kicker, and um, I wouldn't change a thing, honestly. You know, me. if anything, me going through that has helped me grow as a kicker, helped me grow as a person. I've learned a lot from those from those uh, hard times. And I'd rather go through that now than have something like that happen much later in my kicking career. Yeah. Um, like you see, like Aguayo, who's had a very successful college career, and then he didn't really have hardship to hit the pros. And now it's, it's like it's almost NFL career is basically done. You know, so I feel like when you learn how to uh, deal with adversity uh, early on, you know, it makes you that much of a better kicker down the road. So now I know how to handle it. Now I know how to shake off a miss. You know, I don't let it linger in my head. You know, I, I could just feel how much I've grown. Like I said, you only grow th- uh, through the you – you wouldn't grow if you didn't go through those hard times. Yeah. It's the only way you're ever going to learn. You know, don't be afraid to make mistakes. Don't ever be afraid to, to just miss, you know. I, uh, I always heard – don't be afraid to make mistakes. Just don't make the same mistake twice. Like learn from your mistakes. Don't keep repeating the same bad habits. You know, if something doesn't work. You know, fix that. Fix it immediately and and stay stay positive. Stay confident. You know, like I said, kicking's all mental. Like that's probably just the number one thing. I'll just you know, training your mind just comes a long, long way. Yeah, no, I, I love the way you you said that. Um, you know, it it helps you grow because uh. That, that that's one thing I love about sports, you know, sports in general. Besides kicking, mm-hmm. you know, it helps you grow so much as an individual. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, one thing one thing that's a fact is, you know, there's there's a lot of guys that are, you know, pretty good. Mm-hmm. I say that way. I would say superstar. But they're pretty good, mm-hmm. and they but they can be better. Mm-hmm. But since they already feel accomplished, you know, exactly. or something, they they don't take that next step. You know, they don't work hard. They their mind is occupied doing other things exactly you know and like you said you know walk-ons come and take your spot that, that can happen anywhere man yes, and then, anywhere. you know that's something that can translate your life mm-hmm. you know I, I remember your freshman year when we talked about this too but uh you know the way you you do something you know it becomes a habit if you develop bad habits those habits will transfer on later on as you work mm-hmm. same ways you if you develop good habits you know that's one great thing because since you came to A&T we all saw your potential Mm. You know, the ones that hang out. Because, you know, the fans, they only see what goes on on the bright lights. But everybody else sees what goes on, you know, behind the curtains. Mm. And we always saw that potential in you. Mm. you know, but now I'm seeing Noel, the person that's growing. You know, you're more mature. You're more focused. You know, that's that's one thing I completely love about you, man. Mm. And, uh, you know, I just, I'm, I'm very proud of you, for one. And then, you know, it, just, it makes me feel good seeing that, that you can do that, you can process. Because... The lows, man, that can, that can bring you down. Mm-hmm. You know, the worst part is a lot of a lot of times you can let that affect your personal life too. Yeah, you know? and, definitely. And I, I feel like you didn't let that happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, on the contrary, I, feel, I think it helped you. Mm-hmm. You said, you know, you're a much more mature kid in and out the field. Mm-hmm. You know, and, um, and it's great. But, I mean, let's be real. How much pressure did you feel relieved out your shoulders once that kick went in? Uh, definitely, definitely felt like a lot of pressure. Um, was relieved, you know. It was just mainly more of just, I guess, I definitely wanted to to, to prove myself. You know, yeah. I haven't really had a, in my opinion, you know, I'm really hard on myself. But I don't, I don't feel like I've had like a like a really good season since I've been here, and it's just, it's it is frustrating because I know what I want to leave behind when I leave here, and you know, I. I it was definitely a little frustrating, like so those first two kicks to kind of just see all the hard work I put in and then like not produce the results. Because I've always said, you know, it doesn't matter what you do and practice everything. At the end of the day, you got to put the results out out there, yeah. you know. And so for, for you know those balls didn't fall my way, it, it took a lot. It took a lot mentally to to stay in my head, to not lose myself, to kind of just stay focused, stay ready that that next kick is coming, and and to not change anything that was another thing I felt like for instance I see some kickers I say the pull ball left they'll overcompensate so they'll pull the ball right and next thing you know your spring balls left and right you know you're not you, that that shows you're not confident in what you're doing I didn't change anything you know 
I saw one ball went left, so I, you know, next one I just slightly changed where I aimed, pulled left again. A third one I didn't change a thing. I could have, you know, swung completely to the right and pulled it right, but I just trusted it, 100% trusted my, myself, my technique. I was like, this one's gonna fall my way. I just know it. And there was something about um, that last kick that it felt like time slowed down. I didn't really hear noise. It was just uh, an intense focus, and I just remember. Like I remember saying, mouthing the words like, you know, I'm about to crush this ball. Like this, this one, this one's, this one's money. Like mm -hmm. I just, it's something, something felt right that, you know, I didn't feel nervous at all. It was probably like I felt more confident than anything. And but yeah, like you said, I, I definitely felt a little bit of weight off my shoulders just in terms of, um, you know, winning the game and just kind of finally proving, you know, somewhat, you know, what I can do. You know, showing that I am like who I believe I am. Yeah. I am the best kicker in the nation. You know, mm -hmm. I firmly believe that. You know, but you know, I gotta go out there and prove it. I gotta kind of go out there and put the results up. And you know, to just come through and help our team, help the team win. That was like, like the biggest. The you know, like I said, a game win goes every kicker's dream. That was my <laughs> that was my first game winning kick ever, and you know, I wouldn't change a thing. Um, like I said, it's so special, man. Uh, when I came in in 2011, the first thing I did was look up all the records. All the records that hurt ain't to you now. You know, I saw Yannick Matthews 2003 against Elon, by the way. Yeah. It had uh, the 52-yard field goal that was the longest ever. My longest field goal in high school was a 48. Mm. You know, uh, like you said, we, we should be able to kick 50-55s. Yeah. Um, I was never able to prove myself, unfortunately. Then when, you know, uh, Saxon Maglia was a kicker my sophomore year, same thing. He also wanted to break that record. Mm. Uh, Cody came in my junior year. And same when Cody was here, he always also wanted to break that record. And um, but I, I think most importantly, we all all wanted that game-winning field goal. Yeah. <laughs> I, I heard you say it on a on an interview after the game. It's every kicker's dream. It, it definitely is. Yeah. Definitely. We all dream of it. And I think mm -hmm. I think that's what made it more special. And uh, for me personally, what made it so special, my kicking coach from high school, he was on on the sidelines. I believe <laughs> I told you that. Yeah. But he's the kicking coach at uh. At Elon now, shout out Mike Nall. <laughs> That's my guy. <laughs> and then uh, Don Friskira, one of my best friends, my brother. He's now on your sideline, coaching mm -hmm. you as well. And then uh, you know it was it was it was it was beautiful, man. It was beautiful to watch all that. And, and also shout out Petey Bush, the holder. Yeah. And yeah. You gotta shout out my guys, you know. Yeah. And uh, John Davis, the snappers. Yeah, you know, great guys, man. Just seeing you know, all you guys out there and performing, man, that was it was beautiful, man. It was it was emotional, and uh, but I think uh, another great thing that I see in A and T right now is the depth of our specialists, man. Oh, yeah. We never had that when uh, my freshman year. It was me and uh, Skylar Thomas, mm -hmm. who was a kicker converted punter that year. Mm -hmm. You know, we were short, but it was only two of us. That's it. And uh, we also had our, our snappers as well, but now you have a lot of competition. You mm -hmm. know, I, I think I think that's something healthy. How how's how's that helping you improve your game? Uh, definitely, you definitely need competition to push you. You know, if you're not pushing each other, then you're not going to get any better. And uh, I remember that's something even Cody even told me. You know, he wishes that he had, you know, some good competition. You know, because if you don't have competition, I feel like you know you're probably going to get complacent. You have nobody pushing you. You have nobody to kind of like you know outdo. Um, being at the same time, you know, um, like especially this year, you know, I don't even feel like I'm competing with anybody. I'm competing with myself, and that's that's, that's another mindset thing I've changed this year. Like every day, I'm out, I'm out to improve myself. You know, if I went, um, you know, 10 for 10 one day, I want to go 11 for 11. You know, if I keep making everything, I want to see how far back I can go. I want to keep yeah. outdoing myself. If I hit. If I make every ball, but you know, two or three of those balls were kind of you know close to the left, or close to the right. You know, the next challenge is I hit every ball right down the middle. You know, just just never stop, never never stop being complacent. And you know, so um, you know, even though competition does bring out the best in you, I definitely think that you know you should always compete yourself. Most importantly, because if you start worrying about what everybody else is doing, that's taken away from what you're focusing on yourself. You don't need to be worrying about what everybody else is doing. You know, if anything, these teammates you have should be pushing you instead of not really necessarily competing with you. You know, they should be, you know, betting on you. I bet you won't make the 50-yarder, you know. You know, just just pushing you, putting pressure on you. You know, that'll help you grow as, as, a, as a kicker or as a specialist in your position. And, you know, and, and in doing so, y'all both get better. You know, you should, you should always, because if, you know, you want 
your guy beside you to be just as good as you because you know you want him to be able to when you're done him to follow in your footsteps or uh you know god forbid if something happens to you he's right there to, to take your place and you're there to support him but uh, I, I definitely think that coach wash has been you know the guy that's brought this uh big emphasis on special teams something that you know hasn't really been a thing at a&t in the past you know, he sees how important we are. And so, he, he, you know, he puts a bigger emphasis in practice. You know, he puts us in more pressure situations. He puts more um, special teams uh, in, in, in practice and in scrimmages where, like, you know, the past kickers, y'all have told me, you know, y'all used to not kick in the spring game or not really got, get much action in, in, in scrimmages. Whereas now, like, like we kick all the time. We're always kicking in scrimmages. We're always kicking in the spring game now. And so it's good to see that, you know, there's a coach that, that firmly believes how, like, he could see how important and how much of a difference we make. And, you know, the whole week leading up to Elon game, Dom kept telling us, you know, uh, the special teams is going gonna, is gonna to win or lose this game. Like he told us, like, we're going we're gonna to be the difference in this game. Yeah. He knew it. He knew it was going to be a close game. And, you know, if it's going to separate us, if we win the kicking game, you know, you know the motto, uh, stop the run. And uh, protect the football, and most importantly, win the kicking game. And I felt yeah. like I felt like we did a good job of that. I felt like we won the kicking game. And Dom's definitely want to know about a kicking game winning games. Yeah, and ev- everybody knows about that legend, legendary game by your <laughs> coach Dom Friskira against App State in 2013. 100%. You know he he was probably the MVP of that game. You know. That might be biased because I'm a kicker. But <laughs> <laughs> and I just felt like he completely changed, you know, the uh, the field. The, and it was amazing. And uh, one thing, too, is um, you talked about uh, Coach Wash, how, how he's, you know, giving more emphasis on, on special teams, something yeah. that we haven't seen in a before, but something we haven't seen a lot in HBCUs. Oh, yeah. And now, yeah. you know, we were talking earlier about Jamie Gillian, mm-hmm. you know, out of uh, Arkansas Pine Bluff. Yeah. You know, he made the Browns. Uh, how do, you, how do you feel about it? Because personally, I feel like that opens a lot of doors. It definitely does. It definitely, you know, because it's – I feel like it's so hard to make the, the, the NFL as a specialist from from FCS in general. Mm-hmm. But HBCUs, you know, like we're probably the last, you know, place you're going to look at to find that specialist. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for – for him to, you know, come in and everybody was talking about, oh, he's just a camp leg. You know, he didn't really have a, uh, a serious shot at, you know, taking the job of, of like a 10-year NFL veteran. You know, no, they, you know, everybody thought that was a long shot, a crazy a pro bowler too, right? Yeah, like I think yeah. it was a pro bowl alternate. You know, it's just, you know, no, no, I don't think anybody saw that coming. And, and for him, to, you know, to, to show his grit and, and – to shock the world and and you know everybody knew he had one of the strongest legs you're ever going to see and you know he, he proved everybody wrong and I, I'm, I can't wait to see what he does the this scottish year. hammer the scottish <laughs> hammer you know already making nicknames and you know just you know it, it does open up so so many doors and, and you know i'm hoping that you know I, I can you know break that that barrier as well you know for, from a kicker standpoint from making from an hbcu he definitely sets the sets the the bar if you know especially if he has a phenomenal rookie season and you know it'll just help nfl scouts start you know looking at us more you know we're already starting to see a lot of hbcus getting nfl talent you know especially at ant you know we've had uh, a guy drafted the past three years in a row um and now we have four active guys that have just made final rosters you know now now it's just waiting for the specialist to be the next guy you know we, we want that you know we're making such such huge uh gains every year it feels like like there's something new somebody new is 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 paving the way and you know i can't wait for for jamie gillen to, to play I'm so, I'm so happy that you know like i said if you said that a year ago that the arkansas pine bluff kick uh punter was, was gonna make the league i don't think anybody yeah. would have yeah. it's, it's crazy because even myself i hadn't heard about him until last year man and then mm-hmm. it was like once i looked him up i saw how strong of a leg he had mm-hmm. and now now you see him making the 53 men roster and man yeah. it's, it's great you know it's, i wonder i wonder if there has been any other hbcu uh specialist before I'm, i probably looked that up yeah there has in in, in the past um i think I it was a famu punter yeah famu right? punter yeah, yeah. Uh, Marquette King, you know, he came from a D2 HBCU, and okay, you know, I, th- yeah. I thought that was pretty special, especially having a, a black punter in the league. You know, something that we don't see too often. You know, I think Marquette King did a good job of, of you know, setting and you know, paving the way for for you know, black specialists. You just gotta find us. You know, it's just 
that next HBCU specialist to, to make it. Um, actually, I, I remember Grambling's kicker, uh, Mark Orozco, was getting a lot of NFL looks this past year. Um, he didn't get picked up by anybody, but, you know, I remember reading that. I you know he was getting a lot of uh, uh, NFL scouts, you know, intriguing about him. He was very, very consistent throughout his career at Grambling State. You know, mm-hmm. I got the uh, opportunity to meet him when we played them, and I thought, you know, he was a phenomenal kicker. You know, I, I still th- I still hope he he gets a shot somewhat down the road, because um, you know he he's definitely uh, his, his story is really good. You know, he he left football for a year. Uh, I think his dad was sick or something like that, and when he came back, you know, he didn't miss a step. He actually came back better than ever, and you know, I, th- I feel like uh, that proves something. You know, he's a Hispanic guy too, so um, you know, I'm Hispanic, so you know, that's something that. Um, you don't you don't see at all. I don't think really in the league, a Hispanic player, and let alone a, a Hispanic specialist. Yeah, there's very very few of them. Very yeah. Few. You know, interesting thing though, football is growing in Mexico a lot, and uh, they actually have a professional league in Mexico now too. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, but uh, but definitely, man, I love I love because I know I know I was uh, I was a little pumped when Mark Sanchez made it. Yeah. Know, Mexican quarterback. I mean, we had Tony Romo, but yeah, yeah, you know, <laughs> I mean. But uh, but yeah, man, seeing that Hispanic and Lee, that that would be pretty dope. Especially somebody that can, you know, a, a marketable guy. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That that would be, be pretty awesome. A and T, you've done something that we haven't, and that's you know, win celebration most. Well, Cody won one too, but yeah. How's it feel, man? Two two for two. You know, how's, how's it's that? it's it feels great. You know, just uh, being a part of those teams, and. Which kind of take away from each year is you know you, you, being around certain people. You start learning what 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 makes us different than other schools and why we've been so successful and what and why um, you know we keep winning the MIAC and we keep winning the Celebration Bowl and you know you get to learn about what it takes to be a winner and um, me personally you know I think it was, it was something that Coach Broadway brought you know you know he he was definitely a, a great coach. You know, uh, you know, looking it was intense, man. very intense, very <laughs> scary. Anybody will tell you, yeah. you know, you know, playing under him. I learned that uh, he got results. You know, he didn't care. You know how how is an asshole, if to, to so say. He, he, you know, he 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 came for one job only, and the job is to win. And he didn't care how he made you feel. He didn't care, you know, how the message came across, but he was going to get his results one way or another. He would tell you he wants you, but he did not need you, you know. Um, one thing I definitely loved having Broadway, too, it was, uh, you know, the discipline. I mean, he, he was tough for a reason. Yes. You know, 100%. because a, a bunch of us coming out of high school, you know, we might be 18, but we're still kids, you know. And so, especially after you start winning, man, I mm-hmm. think, I think uh, I'm, I'm a big fan of, you know, MMA, and uh, I heard, I think it was Conor McGregor who said this. Not talking about um, people talk that uh, a loss can make or break a fighter, but mm-hmm. a win can also make or break a fighter. And mm-hmm. I think that that's, that's in any sport. And, you know, the way Coach Broadway was, how tough he was on us, you know, he kept us composed. 100%. One thing till this day, this is probably the number one thing that Coach Broadway instilled in me. He said every single week for every game that winning is in the preparation. And to me, that comes a long way in everything you do. It does not just sports and, and business. The way you prepare is, is what's going to dictate the outcome. So, for instance, I didn't care if we were playing a D2 school or if we were playing UNC Charlotte, like for that year we had. You know, He treated every team the exact same way. He knew that we had the mindset that this team is you know one of the best teams we're going to play then we're going to play at our hardest he didn't care if the team was 0 and 10 we were going to treat them like they're equal to us you know winning is in the preparation we prepare like they're a top dog team we, we we're not taking anything for granted we're not getting complacent you know that i think that's that's part of being disciplined whereas um this past year for instance when we lost to morgan state you could just feel that week that nobody was really taking it seriously. You know, we had just come off of upsetting ECU and upsetting Jacksonville State. You know, we had done something that was, you know, unheard of, you know, coming off of uh, an undefeated season and then beating the two teams, the two toughest teams on our schedule out the gate. It looked like the rest of our schedule was going to be a breeze. Like, we all thought, like, wow, we're about to create history yet again. We're about to go back-to-back undefeated seasons. And you, you could just feel it. That week of Morgan State, 
just because of, you know, we smacked Morgan State the year before and, you know, we didn't really take them seriously. There, there was no, like, thought of ever losing, you know. And when the game showed up, nobody was prepared. Like, they were so surprised that Morgan State was putting up a fight. You know, they, were, they, you know, they couldn't handle this adversity. They couldn't handle, you know, things going south. And, and you know, I think that's, that's a big thing of why, you know, we lost that game and why we lost uh, the FAMU, you, you know. It, it, but at the end of the day, you know, we were able to, to collect as a group and finish out the job, which was to yeah. win the MEAC and, and to win the Celebration Bowl. But if you ask me, the biggest difference between that 2017 and the 2018 season was how we prepared each week. We just didn't, you know, we just didn't treat every opponent the same at all. Yeah. You know, and but yeah. I feel I feel like those losses helped you guys too, because I feel like you, you could definitely see it on um, this this past weekend, you mm. know, the, the way you guys kept fighting, kept holding on, you know, and I mean it ended up with that field goal. But I, th- I think I think that's something that comes from those losses as well. You know, it's 100 percent that long road. 100 yeah. percent, like it, it definitely humbles you. And like I said, uh, going back to that winning as a preparation, you know, if I come in not really training or not training that hard. When it comes to game time, I'm not going to be that confident in the kick. If I train my, my tail off to the point where I'm so consistent, I'm going to have, like, all the confidence in the world. You know, that's just how you prepare. And, you know, it's for anybody on the field. You know, the quarterback's been working all summer on every single detail. The offense has been, you know, practicing their plays. And, you know, everything as a group comes collective. Everybody's going to be confident. And that's how you prepare to win. And that's the formula. To it. There's not really – to me, there's not really a secret formula. We just – work we just outwork everybody like it's as simple as that you know we, have, we definitely have talented players and we have players that obviously make a big difference in the game but at the end of the day I, I just feel like what separates us is, is is how we prepare you know we, we we put a lot of emphasis on those small details week in and week out we don't take a week off where we're, we're going to hit cruise control you know no every week is a battle every week every week we're at war, you know, we're not we're not letting off the gas at all. You know, we're coming for one goal. The goal is to win the celebration bowl, and we're not gonna take a second to relax at all. We're not, you know, because you know we have nothing to celebrate. The job's not done. Yeah, the job's not done. Yeah. You know, yeah, we just won't beat Elon, but you know, maybe for the rest of the night, it's okay. You you, you feel accomplished, but as soon as Sunday hits, you, you know, now attention to Duke. Now it's the next game. You know, you, you don't sit back and for a couple of days and just kind of enjoy the the win. No, like you got you got seven days to prepare for the next opponent. You know, you got to prepare. You know, now it's Duke, and you know that to me that's this is an important game for us. One of the most important games for us was, you know, even though we've beaten you know three FBS teams three years in a row, we've never played a, a power. We've never beat a power five school. And, you know, if we go in and, you know, be the ACC school. I'm going crazy. You know. <laughs> That's the best way to put it. You know, we've shocked the world so many times the last couple of years. And, you know, now that's the next step, you know. It's another one of those games where we prove everybody wrong, where we prove that we belong at the top. You know, I still feel like every year we – uh, in terms of FCS rankings, we get ranked like kind of like 20th and, and you know – and then we go in and we beat these top FCS schools. And we, then we beat FBS schools. And we're like, you know, where's our credit? You know, obviously people want to see us in the FCS playoffs so we can, you know, kind of prove that. But, you know, we, we just never we just never really get that credit. And, you know, it's just – but it helps us, you know. It's a chip yeah. on our shoulder. It, it gives us something to, to prove. It gives us that motivation. But, you know, like I said, uh, I firmly believe we can beat Duke. You, sh- you shouldn't ever believe you can't beat an opponent, ever. You come in with the mindset that, that oh my gosh, they're Duke, then yeah, you're gonna get your tail whooped. You know, if you come in with that mindset that Duke is not better than you, then you're, you know, I feel like we have you have a phenomenal shot at beating them. You know, we yeah, 100%. and like we, we've shocked the world before. So you know, just, just based off of, you know what we've done, there gives me no reason as to why like why we couldn't upset Duke. You know, uh, obviously most people are, are gonna count us out, but like I said. It, the when we played UNC shot and we played ECU, I, I always remember the mindset was was we're about to beat the hell out of them. Like I never never did I get the sense in a room where we're like, oh my gosh, we're playing at FBS school. Like like we're, you know, we're kind of scared, we're kind of worried. No, everybody in the room always had that mindset. Like like oh we're about to go in here and we're about to shock the world. And and I think that's why we did what we did. Yeah. You know, it, it starts with that mindset. It starts again back to the the formula. The, preparation 
out the gate in your mind you're like I'm about to, we're going to win this game and we're, we're going to prepare and do everything we can to make sure we get this result and I'm telling you it's I think it's something that Broadway did. Obviously, you know, you were here you were here for Broadway's first season. And yeah. you know, I think you, you you're probably the the one the most that understands you know everything Broadway did to turn this program around. You know, you knew you know how, how it was uh, prior to him coming here and you know, he left his legacy here hundred percent, you know. What we are now would not be possible without uh Coach Broadway. Oh man, it's crazy the the change, man, the change that that's that's happened ever since it's oh man, it's uh completely different 100%. you know when uh i've only heard stories when he first got here you know mm -hmm. that spring before i came and uh but i remember that camp man it was it was tough man it was intense because i wrestled in high school and i did just about every other sport mm -hmm. so i was always in shape but i came with the mentality that i was a kicker you know in high school you kick and you go you go home, home that's, yeah, it. that's it you know and he was like you know, I had to run. I had to do everything. I had to do everything. So it was it was mind opening, and uh, but definitely, man, just seeing where the team was in 2011 mm -hmm. to now, it's insane, man. And you know, and and I'm also very glad that a lot of the coaches are still here. You know, just oh, about every yes, coach that, that that's, in 2011. That's another thing. That is another thing. You know, the you know the reason why we haven't skipped a beat. You know, with with Coach Wash, because Coach Wash was Coach Broadway for so long that he you know he still has. He, he, he still brings everything that Coach Broadway brought, you know. So do all the coaches, you know. They, they all learn from him, they, you know. They, they they know the culture. I think it's a culture that we have right now. And, and proven tracker here, man. Yeah. Like, for example, you just look at Coach Gibbs. Mm -hmm. every, every year he's he's produced, you know, and incredible talent. 100%. Running back you, baby. And, uh, <laughs> I mean, they had Coach Wash, you know, and uh, – one thing I really I really admire about Coach Wash is not so much coaching. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't understand much football outside of kicking, to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. But just who he is as a person, the way he carries himself, you know, and I feel like he's he's translating that pretty well to the team. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I definitely think, that, you know, his, his culture style is a little different, but, you know, he's definitely more more of understanding with us. You know, he he'll, he'll feel – how uh, how we're feeling and he'll he'll you know kind of go off that you know he knows if we're sluggish in practice he he'll know how to get us out of that slump yeah. you know he'll he'll be able to to understand from the, from that aspect and, and just kind of just uh you know he's very very understanding and uh, but he's not laid back you know you, you don't take him for granted because he, he still he still knows how, how to, you know how, how to instill that coach Broadway kind of discipline you know yeah. and, and that's a big thing that, that's that's a big thing like you said coach gibbs coach gibbs is a very intense coach he's a very um you know he'll he's very very strict and disciplined you know he doesn't care if, you know what you did the season before what kind of hot shot you are you know he expects you to do things a certain way because he knows what it takes to to be successful and you saw that with Tariq cohen i think he did a great job of of, of um, making Tariq Cohen to who he is today. You know, obviously I wasn't here to, you know, to, to I didn't play here when Tariq was here, but, you know, just from hearing people's stories and, and from being around Tariq himself, you know, I can tell that a lot of a lot of how he's as a person and, and his work ethic um, is from Coach Gibbs. I, I think, you know, having guys like him and Coach Cord's another one that I think is a very, very intense coach. But, uh, you know, he just produced BAM. I think Bam's going to be very, very special this year. And, you know, it's a lot of these, these guys that we're starting to produce. You know, I think it starts from, from the culture and what, what we shaped them to be. You know, I feel like HBCUs, we don't have a lot of the resources to, you know, if you want to get a player that big, you know, we, we don't, don't have the luxury of being able to, to feed them this much food, you know, to, to provide them with, you know, this and that that other big schools can, can supply for a player. Um, but, you know, it doesn't take all that to to teach a player discipline, work ethic, what it takes to get to that next level. How bad do you want it, or just in general, what it takes to be successful? You know, once you're done with football, and you know, what's next in life? You know, you learn a lot of these lessons from 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 football and just from just from being around Auntie. I feel like just just uh, 
you grow as a person. And uh, another thing that I like to, to, to think about is what made that 2017 team so successful is uh, not just the discipline. Obviously, discipline is probably the number one thing that we had, but the, the old heads, you know, the, those fourth, those seniors, the fourth and fifth year seniors that we had, they they were so disciplined. They were so, those, that group of guys was just so, like, they they kept everybody in check. And you, you just learned a lot from being around these guys. You know, they, they didn't let you get away with, with anything. You know, they held you to a certain standard. A lot of these guys didn't make the NFL, but, you know, they're very successful in what they're doing now. They have great jobs, you know, and I, I think it started from what they learned from anti-football. Yeah. They, they learned, you know, discipline. And, you know, if you want to be successful, you got to you gotta work, do these little details, you know, get up early, go hard in everything you do. You shouldn't ever be complacent. You know, I think Coach Broadway and Coach Wash and, you know, the whole coaching staff, that's something they preach to us on a daily basis, you know. Yeah. You know, if we get in trouble for, for missing breakfast or, or for missing a lift, they're going to punish us because they know that if you do that in the real world, you know, if you miss, you know, a day of work or, or if, you, if you miss something like that, there's going to be real-life consequences that, you Indeed, know. Indeed, man. Indeed. I, and, uh, and, you know, that, that's one thing I really wanted to talk to you about. Me and you, we have similar backgrounds in a way, um, you know, immigrant parents, so on. How has A&T changed your life and your family's life? It's, you know, from, uh, you know, college is probably the number one thing, you know, getting a free education. And that's something that, you know, I think about sometimes when I'm thinking, of, for instance, if I ever think about missing class or if I'm struggling in a class, the first thing I think about is right now my dad is at home cutting grass for a living. You know, it's not something that he wants to do, but he knows that he has to do it every single day to to, to keep us in a house, to, to put food on our table. And, you know, I've worked, I've done landscaping with them every summer um, from sixth grade to the point where I left for college. And I can tell you right now, like, you know, I'm young and, you know, I, I worked out a lot and stuff, but, you know, being in the heat all day, like, kicked my butt. Like, I was so That's exhausted so every day. And, you know, I did it every summer and it still never got, never failed like I never got old I was always exhausted and tired and my dad does it every day like throughout the years on holidays it doesn't matter what because he can't take a day off you know we've got he's got bills to pay you know he's he's doing whatever he can and you know just I think about what he's doing and I'm like like why would I miss a class you know he's doing he's working his tail off just you know just to provide for my family you know I want him to, to one day be able to, to to retire you know my mom um, you know, she she works hard as well, and you know, just giving them the the luxury of, of something. You know, my dad didn't have, he wasn't fortunate enough to have what I had, opportunity at college. You know, my dad's from El Salvador, where school is not really important over there. You know, the only you know over there, poverty is really bad. You know, violence is really really bad. And he'll tell me stories about how, you know, there you know there at the when he was growing up, there was a war going on. And, you know, it was very, very dangerous. And, you know, he only went to school for, I want to say, like, he, he claims from, like, second to sixth grade. And he just had to go to work. That's all he's done his whole life, work, you know. He had a, his, his mom died when he was 13. And, you know, he's the oldest out of the, out of the, the boys. So he, he knew very quick that he, he had to mature, and he just had to go to work. So he just, his whole life he's been working and working. And then when he got 18, he decided to, to move to the United States, you know, for a better life. And same thing, you know, he wasn't fortunate enough to to go to school or anything. As soon as he got here, he just started working and working. And, you know, he's never never gotten, gotten a break. And, you know, he's never had the, the, he never got the, you know, the, never got the chance to, to make something of himself, I think, you know. It's very hard to, to to see everything he's been through and know how lucky I have it to to be in a situation where I can go to school, I can go to college. You know, I'm the first one from my dad's side. You know, to go to college, and you know, seeing how you know, and even even though my dad you know wasn't around school, he was always you know big on me getting doing well in school. Making sure you know I was not you know missing class, everything. Where growing up, where I was from, a lot of the Hispanic kids I grew up with, a lot of them you know dropped out of high school, and if they did graduate high school, college was never like a realistic yeah. thing to them. It was 
work. Everybody wants to just go to work immediately. And, you know, to me, I want a career. You know, I want to actually do something with my life and, and you know, kind of, you know, do what makes me happy. And I know, I know what I'm capable of and I know I, I can accomplish great things. And, you know, like I said, as Hispanics, <clears throat> I think like Hispanics, uh, a lot of people have a similar background and I want to inspire. I know there's people way less fortunate, you know, than me that didn't have maybe one of the parents in their life or, or maybe way, way more poor than I was. You know, they don't have the luxury of, you know, being able to, to play travel soccer from young age like I did or, you know, being able to to go to kicking camps like I was able to, you know, I want to inspire and show that every, you know, it is possible to make it, you know, it is possible to, to go to college and, and make a great career, no matter what kind of background you're from. Growing up that way, you kind of learn from these things. And, uh, you know, a t you know, has taught me to keep going, you know, yeah. I don't want to go back. I don't want to go back home to that. That's all, you know, that's the last thing I want to do. And, um, Talking about Dom, Dom was one of the first ones. You know, he's been, he's also been through the lowest of lows. You know, he, you know, he, he had it rough. You know, if there's anybody that knows what it takes to change your life around, it's him. You know, it, I always think of him as, as a wise man because he, there's not anything that he's not been through. Honestly, you know, I go to him about any issue and he'll know exactly what to say because he's been through it. And you know, he's 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 legit like a role model. When uh, he came back to A and T. I think he had straight A's the rest of his, yeah. you know that that that's that's very strict discipline, you know, yeah. and he'll be he'll be the first one to get on me about anything, you know, and the thing I love about Dom is that he always gets on me no matter what, you know we we've argued who knows how many times since he's been my coach and it's never out of anything negative. It's anytime he gets on me, it's because. He's trying to set me straight. He sees something that I'm not doing correct. He sees that I'm getting complacent. He sees that I'm not doing well in class or I'm not doing I'm not doing well in kicking, whether it be me just being lazy, me just not really focusing. And if, if he was not there to get on me, I probably wouldn't be where I am right now. I really wouldn't, you know. You need somebody like that that, that truly cares, that yeah. they're getting on you, not, not, not to be mean. They're getting on you because they want the best out of you. They want to see you succeed and you know I'm lucky to have um, him right by my side you know I, I'm lucky to I think he's another person that's helped me grow big time you know especially in the last couple of years you know just just anything just from football to just relationships to to school you know I feel like I'm doing really really well in school right now and a lot of that has been because of Dom has, has stressed the importance of how important that stuff is you know yeah. so at the end of the day you know you need that degree you know football is not forever everybody knows that being at ANT has has brought these people in my life and you know I, I think I look back and if I'd gone anywhere else you know I probably would not have learned the no, things no. I've learned I would not be the kicker I am right now and the kicker that I'm going to be in the future I think everything works out for a reason when I was in high school I always tell people the story like uh, central NC Central Arrival was our first was my first offer and you know they recruited me pretty heavily you know you know they were very very big on me out the gate you know they on my first visit you know the head coach at the time took me and my parents out and brought and brought us into his office and you know just told my parents you know it was a four-hour scholarship I was going to start as a true freshman you know and it was everything a par- parents want to hear you know and you know they they would always you know text me all the time and you know I visited there like probably three times and you know I came to A&T and originally uh, I was told I was only on a half scholarship offer and you know obviously my parents are like well go with the full offer you know and as more schools started talking to me you know I'd take other school visits but there was something about A&T that you know I tell people like if basically if you if anybody else all the signs I guess were pointing to Central you know at the time They'd beat A&T three years in a row. That year, they'd actually, you know, beat A&T to go to the, the Celebration Bowl that year. And I remember after they, they beat A&T, the coach is sending me pictures of the, the championships, the, the three-peat of the championships lined up at the rings, like, get on the boat before it's too late. You know, <laughs> they, they would send me stuff like that left and right. You know, it's like and my parents, I'll tell people, my parents wanted me to go to Central, you know. And I don't blame them, you know. Like I said, they, they were, the recruiting process, you know, they were very consistent in, in the way – the, 
you know, they're very honest about the way they and want to be. And your mom graduated from Central, right? No, no, she didn't. She she went to Barton. Okay. But um, you know, she loved it over there, though. But you have family, right, that goes to Central? I have Central. a cousin that goes to Central right now. Okay. Yeah, actually, yeah, yeah. But um, there was something about the first visit I took here, and this is, I, I really... I really can't describe it. It was it was a gut feeling. It was a gut feeling. Something felt right about Greensboro. Something felt right about the campus. You know, I, honestly, I just kept holding out for A&T. I really did. I really felt something here where uh, Central, I just didn't feel it. You know, all the signs were, were basically pointing me, you know, Central's the perfect school for you. Like, you know, wh- what else would you, like, do you want? And my gut feeling just didn't feel right over there. There was something that was like, if I didn't play football anymore and I was just a regular student here, I probably wouldn't be happy. Whereas A&T, every time I step foot on campus, like I, I just love the atmosphere. Just the, I just can't put in words. Like something just felt right. And at the end of the day, I went with that gut feeling. And I'll never forget uh, Coach Barnett, the coach that recruited me here, when we beat Central that year. And he comes up to me and is like, I, I, I told you, I promised you when, you when you committed that you were going to make the right decision. Like you trusted your gut that this was the place for you. And, you know, and even even if we didn't win Celebration Bowls the past two years and anything, I still think I would genuinely be happy here. You know, just the people that I've met along the way and the lessons that I've learned, you know, that I, I've, I've come a long way. I feel like, you know, I just really feel like everything happens for a reason. Trust it, you know. Yeah. You can't put it into words. Like I said, it was a gut feeling. It's it, God works in mysterious ways, man. Very yeah, mysterious yeah, ways. It's, 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 it's destined because uh, – you know, my route to A&T was a pretty interesting one, too. But uh, it was just, like you said, the people that, that you get to meet here, you know, touch the, the history behind behind the, you know, the university, man. It's, it's amazing, you know. And uh, But, like, to this day, man, I still talk. I mean, Dom's my roommate, you know. He's, mm-hmm. he's been one of my best friends since 2013. Cody, I see him, you know, maybe every two weeks or so. You know, and a bunch of the other guys, you know, I still frequently talk to them. And I mean, A&T's is special. But we see it all the time with uh, A&T giving guys opportunities. Tariq Cohen, yes. only scholarship, yes. A&T. You know, yeah. uh, I think Elijah Bell. I think, I think E-Bell, that was his only offer. Yeah, his only offer. And uh, Bam, Bam actually walked on here. We were his only offer. And, you know, that, I thought that was incredible. It's incredible. I don't know yeah. if you heard of Wallace Miles, but... He was a walk-on kicker, and uh, he left as one of the greatest receivers out of all time here. Oh wow! Yeah, he actually played at Westlake High School with uh, with Cam Newton and uh, Lewis Kendall, who was our quarterback here, and then Nate Niles, who was uh, a tackle here as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, Wallace Miles, you should check in his story. He's a really interesting figure, man. Legend here out of A and T. Incredible guy too, man. He was a senior my freshman year. Okay. But yeah, man. Um, but, man, Noel, I'm telling you, man, I'm so happy to see you grow, man. You know, you keep growing. Like I said, we all know the potential you have in you. You know, it's the, they're just – the people are just now seeing what we've been seeing for a while. Mm-hmm. But I'm really happy for you, bro. You know, thanks for being my first <laughs> podcast guest. No problem, you know, no problem. And it was a great talk. But, again, proud of you, man. Best of luck to you for the rest of the season. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Thank you.